1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 28-0. Nine minutes left in the second quarter. BYU at UMass. No, no, Jeff. <laughs> no, this isn't two years ago uh, they when they went to, to UMass. UMass. Didn't they? Well, I guess UMass was here then, right? Was On senior game? day. Yeah, four, it was the four-win season. And UMass beat BYU you. in Provo on senior day. Terrible. Terrible. Maybe the worst loss in, in that school's history. It's not good. Nee. No, that's a bad loss. So today they were 42-point favorites. So the Jazz almost lost to an eight-person no. Golden State team last night. <laughs> that? I, I could not believe what I was seeing. That would have been a bad loss. That would have been <laughs> worse than bad. That would have been uh, team dividing. I thought Quinn was going to kill somebody. I think he should have if they lost. <laughs> I think he should have been allowed. I think I think maybe <laughs> Jim Olsen and the Jazz leadership called the bomb threat in to get Quinn out of the locker room so he didn't kill one no, of them. No, Jeff. No, no, no. <laughs> to keep Quinn from killing one of them. No, that wouldn't have happened. Luckily, if you if you did miss it, the, the bomb threat turned out to, to be, be nothing. nothing. It was a, a toolbox. Don't know if the dog got uh, was wrong or got a scent off those tools that matched his training sense. Who knows? But just thank God that it wasn't real. That's that's the important okay, part. This has to be the most unlikely score college football. Ready for it? Minnesota Northwestern. Eight minutes, 53 seconds left in the second quarter. They score 21-2. to 21-2? So a team that is losing 21-0 to zero gets a safety on them. <laughs> like, That's not great. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, let's get out to the zone phone, 855-340-ZONE. Everyone that calls the show today at 855-340-ZONE and shares a question, comment, story, whatever you got, you'll be entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes. we got a couple of callers. Hold tight. We'll get to Jacob first. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, guys. So a uh, question for you all. I was uh, thinking about this and your guys' car expertise and wanted your answers on this question about the current state of each football program in the state, you know, with Utah, Utah State, BYU, maybe even Weber State. If you had to assign a car to the current state to represent that football program right now, what car would that be? You know, like kind of like a Toyota Camry, Camry it you know, it's a good car. You don't really want it, but time in and time again, it just keeps getting the job done, you know, something like that. Interesting. Yeah, we've done this exercise done this. in the I past. like this. Yeah, we can, it's we always interesting. Yeah. Let's, let's, what would you, let's start with the Utes. Jeff, I know you, you, you think it's like a Lamborghini or. Yeah, it's not a Lamborghini. Okay. Uh. That'd be like Alabama. <laughs> Actually, LSU. Not Alabama LSU. this year. LSU. Yeah. yeah. That'd be like an LSU. I think it's like a, it's like a nice BMW. Runs okay. nice, reliable, high performance. But if there's an injury, it's costly. Yeah, it's going to be costly if there's an injury. I like that I like one. That. I think, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Something German. Yeah, if it lost something important, like its engine, its transmission, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, or even, you know, you have to get a, a new uh, blinker. It's $9,000. Yeah, so, it's not you know. easily replaceable. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's I like good, that. But it's a good, good machine. It's, it's BYU. Proven. Okay. What, <laughs> you do what it first. You, you, what go first. You, you go first. For BYU? Yeah. Uh, this season, let's see. So they got the win at Tennessee. They got the home win against USC. They got the loss at USF. They got the loss at Toledo. This is like a... They're definitely a five or six-year-old version of whatever you're I was, talking about. <laughs> I was, I was going to say it's like my roommate in college who bought an Audi because uh, he wanted an Audi his whole life. He was so excited to buy an Audi, but it was a lemon Audi. It's a used Audi. It, was, yeah. it had 
200,000 miles on it. <laughs> it was still 10, 11,000 bucks. It had problems every single month. But every now and then, he could say, yeah, that's my Audi over there. Does that I make like sense? That. Like, that's it a, looks good, but good. I like every that. now and then it fails you. I'll give that to you. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad What at about all. the Aggies? Oh, man. They're just a middle-of-the-road... I don't know. Let me think on that one a second. I'll tell you what I think What's the Aggies are. I'll tell you what I think the Aggies are. Uh, I think the Aggies are uh, similar to a Tesla in big-time promise... Small time delivery. They advertised to be one thing; they've proven to be a completely different thing. And of course, I'm talking more specifically about the quarterback Jordan Love, who has struggled this season. I thought he was going to be special this mm-hmm. year. He has not. He's been absolutely middle of the road, mediocre, average. Yeah, definitely cost himself some money. But the pros still love him. And he's still going to be a, a hot commodity come draft time. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that still love your Teslas, even though it's something different you pick than any quarterback in the state. Who'd you pick? Tyler Huntley. Yeah, you'd have to, right? Yep. There's no question. Flat, flat, easy yeah, answer. Season you wouldn't have said that. Uh, when I asked you in, when when we talked about this in June, he was third on my list. Yeah. Third. It went Jordan Love, Zach Wilson, Tyler Huntley. Now it's Tyler Huntley, Jason Shelley. <laughs> you got both. You talk Zach Wilson, <laughs> Baylor Romney, Jaron Hall, Jordan Love. Wow, really pushing Sorry. Jordan down the list. He's got almost as many picks as interceptions or uh, touchdowns. I mean, so true. Maybe I'm harsh, but that's just ah, Weber State. Oh, Weber State has had so many injuries, so many key problems. They've almost beat some uh, Division One teams, but fell on the road uh, all, t- all, the, all three times. They. Lost last week to Montana, who's always tough. They still have all their dreams and goals and aspirations in place. So I'll probably say, uh, let's go with the, let's go with a Toyota Tacoma. The Tacoma. Yeah, you get the you get the truck. You the got the value. The program. The versatility. Up up. The athletic director's good. Like they're building really good facilities. But it's not a Ford F one fifty. It's not your Chevy Silverado. It's a step down from that. Is that is that a, is that right. fair? We're all right with that? Yeah, that's all right. Okay. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for the exercise. That's fun. <laughs> I appreciate it. What would you do for the Utah Jazz? Something that's just not putting the effort in right now. <laughs> Whoa. Easy now. They won. <laughs> Ooh, man, they were. A win is a win is a win is a win. I like the Stockton interview during the game. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Jeff, it's the Jazz right now, at least I last love the night. Jazz. They've got so much talent. They have so much potential. Just. They can't play like they had the last few games. It's your, it's their old reliable. You know yeah. they're eventually going to get you to the destination, but maybe it's wobbly and bumpy on the way there. They need a tune-up. Yeah, that's the problem is they're getting to the point where they know how good they are, and that's that, that's generally a dangerous thing. <laughs> you don't want to get to that point where you know how good you are. But yet, if they spend a weekend in the shop, they're going to come back brand new, ready yeah. to 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 beat anybody. So uh, you know, just your old reliable commuter that. After a weekend in the shop and a detail, it's going to be just as good as new and can there compete with anybody. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. Thanks for the call, Jacob. 855-340-ZONE. We had a couple other uh, callers on hold. We'll get to those in just a moment. 855-340-ZONE. Eric's answering the phones right now, getting you on uh, with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton here on Utah Car Sense as soon as we possibly can. 855-340-ZONE. Eric, who do we have on the line there, buddy? 
We have got, uh, let's put Norm on the line. Norm. Good morning, Norm. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. I really enjoy the show. I listen every Saturday. Thank you. Thanks, Norm. I'm calling in for the your wisdom. I'd like to buy a 16 to 18 uh, Mustang convertible in the EcoBoost, and I have a 460 Ford motor that I'd like to put boss heads on it and a boss intake and drop in that EcoBoost wow. Wow. engine bay. So the two questions I got is how is that going to affect emissions and how is that going to affect the computer systems in the car that, you know, everything's run by computer now mm-hmm. to go to old school motor. Those are those are uh, doctorate level questions there, Norm. Yeah, those are well beyond oh. my expertise, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm good. I don't, don't think I'm that good. I, I can might... show you where which, where's the brake and where's the gas pedal, uh, the, maybe the e-brake, but I don't know about computers. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to do. From the, I, I can't imagine from a computer standpoint you're going to be able to match all the sensors that it's going to require. Mm-hmm. So it gets uh-huh. to a point where eventually you're going to have lights on on the dash. Uh-huh. That are going to affect it. If you can take all the sensors off of the getting it to pass a, motor. Yeah, getting it to pass emissions is going to be the hardest part on that thing. Yeah, because you'd have to double up the. You're actually adding twice the motor. Yeah, in yeah. there. At, at least going from yeah. four, Just four to eight. It. Yeah, how yeah, do you? That's a really good question on how to pass emissions. If you um, if you want to send me your info, I've got a uh-huh. service manager down at um my Southtown store. His name's Lance Decker. Lance? Yeah. Okay. And he um, was a master tech for Chrysler. He was actually one of the few Viper techs in the state. Hmm. So he know, he's, he's oh, pretty good know at what to do, doing yeah. engine stuff like that and understands swap outs and all of that kind of thing. So yeah, That would want, be my big pre- uh, question is I can do all the mechanical stuff, but when it comes to the electrical and all the rest of that, whether it be m- worth my time to do that or just go buy a GT Mustang and be happy? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that would be an excellent question. But I hey, wish s- I had your problem. Send me, you um, yeah, send me an email, jeffm at markmiller.com, and I'll pass it along to him. Okay. Okay, then. All right, Norm. All right. Let us know what happens. Or, Norm, I could just, okay. just make something up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, as long as it goes fast, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right, Thank you, Norm. <laughs> Appreciate it. Interested to see how that goes. Yeah, the phalanges and the the who's-its need to connect to the yeah, gadgets sure and the do that. thingamabobs. Yeah, yeah. Really, really important stuff. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. Don is on the show. Hi, Don. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks I've got a call. question. We have this uh, sudden tax increase, and if we own something outright, why is it that we have to pay property tax every year on our cars? And I'm a car lover. I've had many. In Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, you buy a car, you pay for it once, the license plate transfers, and it stays with the car. Why do we pay rent to the government on what we should own outright, property? Now, uh, uh, I, I appreciate the premise. I do. I do, uh, but you pay – everybody pays so as a – it's a lot of difference in the business world and personal, but the idea in a personal is major p- piece of property that you own, you're going to pay taxes to government. You pay taxes on your house, you pay taxes on your car. It's just the way it works. The founding fathers would have never allowed that. They wanted a sales tax, and it was less than 10%. Right. I mean, and they at, had a revolution a lot of over other, that. Yeah, you look at a lot of other countries, they do VAT taxes. Yeah, VAT Which has been out well, there, too, which is a value-added tax where you pay a tax on every level of the business. Yeah. In the world yeah, of business- as a business owner, I talked to these guys on the task force for the restructuring of the state tax. They said it was a money grab, and they were just going to be revenue neutral. I don't believe that. I want to know where the money goes too, because they're not telling us. It goes to the top 
20 percent yeah 11 percent 11 cents in every gallon of gas is already up all over utah and they haven't even enacted the tax yet yeah you know it's a good question um so the interesting from a business standpoint i mean i don't know if you knew this but from a business standpoint we you pay property tax on everything i buy a new lift i buy a new computer I really anything that's on my property tax list i have to pay a percentage of it back as property tax every year i have to have a now that's a, list of all of my equipment that i own in the store and i send it to the state yeah that's wrong a, they didn't used to do that and i stay a, pay a portion of any piece of equipment i own to a point till i sell under it. socialism nobody owns anything the government the state owns everything that's not right that's not america <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk right by that one but, um, yeah, I mean, this tax thing's going to become a huge issue. And they tried to slide it in really fast last year during the legislature, and luckily it got stopped. Yeah. But at least they're now, they're, now they're at least having meetings and examining it and bringing in people. But whenever you change something at this degree, they're going to be winners and they're going to be losers and they're going to be Yeah, 11 staff. o'clock, Capitol Hill, Monday morning. Not much time to get ready to go to that. I hope everybody turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cancel not, cancel your plans. Yeah, nothing can get voted on and nothing get put through till the legislative session in January. So we'll see what happens then. I'm inclined they like. shouldn't have the right to take away everything. For, I think if they're going to have a new sales tax, they ought to eliminate the property tax. That's the most unfair one there is, including cars and trucks. Interesting. Thank you, Don. Interesting appreciate you. you listening. Appreciate the, the call and the ideas. Uh, I hate paying taxes uh, like everyone else. For the most part, I understand where those taxes are needed, why we're paying them. Don brings up some good questions. Like, let, let's say I own a, a vehicle, and I never drive it on a state-owned road. I only drive it on my own property. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to pay property tax on something that I own that the state doesn't? I've bought it from the state, essentially, but whatever. Sure. It's, it's how, it, how it goes. And I'm not saying that you just need to accept it. I think Don asking those questions is what makes America great. We are allowed to call into a radio station, ask those questions, to and not be up. afraid that the secret police are going to knock on his door tonight. Yeah, to show up and argue it. Yep, for sure. You're able to do it. And then the idea is you're, the way our democracy works is you're supposed to elect the people that are going to push your views out there in the world and match that. Whether that happens or not, you can argue that again. But that's what it, that's the way it all works. Eight five five three four zero zone. Kyle has been holding. Hi, Kyle. Hey guys, how's it going? We're Great. good. How, How are, are you? you? Great. So I got a question for you. It's kind of a mix of the movie zone and car sense. Love it. Uh, so I saw Ford versus Ferrari last week and loved it. It was amazing. What did you I'm think of the final what? scene? The final race scene? But, you know, don't ruin it. You can't do spoilers. What, it, what kind of movie show yeah, host are it you? Wasn't, I, I won't say anything, but it wasn't quite my favorite. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've I, heard I've heard people uh, yeah, call just, it the best sports scene in movie history. So that's that's curious. Uh, it's the end of that's 10. a little that's a little steep. Is it? That's, okay. That's a, that's a tough list you're you're going against there. But <laughs> I didn't call uh, it. I've so, heard other people call it. Right. So my question is: That's a great story. What's the next great? car story that should be told in a movie maybe it's subaru maybe it's something about the wrx or something or another car maker what's the next great car story that needs to be made into a movie interesting you know it'd be an interesting movie i think just because of the chaos that's involved around it is the building of tesla oh god what it would be there's just so much chaos well what angle are you taking that's the question. There's who's who's writing it? 
because yeah. that's I mean, these historical the movies. Mu- it's all yeah, who, who, the whose opinion style, is it. You're yeah. going to go from the regular world style. If I'm writing it, I'll tell you the truth about it. Yeah, right. Like, if I had written The Greatest uh, Showman, no one's going to be a fan of Philo, or uh, what's his name? Yeah, Philo T. Barnum. <laughs> oh. oh lost your Kyle, you still there? Your cell phone's breaking up a bit. Looks like we well, lost, we Kyle. lost Kyle. But I like the idea. I mean, that's it. So, who, uh, Subaru's an interesting Subaru's story. Subaru's got an interesting story. Lee Iacocca and, or not Lee Iacocca, Macklin. And him bringing it in. That's an interesting story, too. I don't know if it's exciting enough for a movie, though. Took like, years for it to years. work. Uh, you know, Ford, as he just mentioned, has a history. Uh, I think it do have a really interesting movie, like, around the whole Toyota uh, floor mat stuff and the stuff with that. Mm. Speaking of this, that's actually a pretty good lead into a, one of our next stories we could talk about that could become a movie someday is General Motors declaring corporate war on Chrysler this week. Okay, we'll get to that. So that would be a good story. We'll come into that in the last half hour. We'll talk about that for a while because that one's a very interesting one that could be a great movie someday. You know what else could you know, be a good? The Volkswagen I was just scandal. about to say. There's got to be some really good angles that. at that Volkswagen emission scandal. I think they could create a great movie. I would bet they are. it's already it's in production started, somewhere. Right? They're already starting it somewhere. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Terry is now on the show. Hi, Terry. How's it going, guys? Good. good. So I've got a 2014 F-150. Um, the left front marker light doesn't work, but the turn signal does. It's wonder if you'd run across that before. So it's probably a bulb. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's got to be a bulb. Well, I think it's the same bulb. Oh, so oh it is in the marker and the and the blinker. I believe so. Then it may be a fuse. Might yeah. be because uh, it's probably sharing. If it's if it's a bulb, it's obviously sharing a, a wire. One wire splits, goes up to the headlight, uh, and the other wire goes to the marker. So it's got to be. I would check your fuse, make sure you don't have a blown fuse. Yeah, I would check your fuses now, first, and then at that point, other than that, you probably got a short somewhere. Would that fuse do just the front one, or would it do the front and back? Because the back one functions. Uh, I'm not as familiar not as with familiar the, the, the F-150 on that one. Could do just one, really. It seems like yeah, yeah, they're they're crazy. Seems like my <laughs> Honda did both uh, back in the day, but I could be misremembering. But yeah, the first thing I would check is the fuses, and then like Jeff said, if the fuses are good, then uh, so the marker works. You've got the blinker a short. doesn't. Yes. Oh no! I no, thought you the, said no, the yeah blinker works. It, marker it's doesn't. The, it's the, the blinker works, but the marker does not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would check that first for sure. Or something that, or, right. one the, or one of the hookups isn't working or. It could even be that uh, the little connector it's has loose. come loose. Yeah, and you right. just need to pop it back together. Plaster, plug it back together. Sometimes it... that plastic clip breaks off and you just go buy a new little uh, connector. So Yeah, it can be gotcha. that simple. So check it out. All Let right. us know, Terry. Appreciate it. Will do. Thank you. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. We'll uh, get more calls coming up here uh, on Utah Carson's. Jeff, what was this uh, GM and, and, and war? What what was this you were telling me about? War. Isn't that fun? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. So General Motors has brought up a new lawsuit against Fiat Chrysler Automotive. Just going to go right by my singing? Not, no comment? Yeah, I'm just okay. going to let it go. I All usually right. just ignore it because then it goes away, right? No. It just makes me want yeah, to do hasn't, more. That hasn't worked for David James and Peter. <laughs> <has> it has <laughs> not. It <laughs> has not worked for you those guys. You have to acknowledge it. So then we're like, ah, we got our attention. And yeah, then we so stop got, it. got his excitement and he got to leave, right? <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> 
So basically, they're alleging that Fiat Chrysler conspired over many years to funnel payments to UAW officials, corrupt the collective bargaining process on wages, and secure a competitive advantage of the industry because of it. So basically saying in the last decade since uh, Chapter 11's of both those companies, they've basically been bribing UAW to get a competitive advantage in the industry, and they want to sue Chrysler for the damages of the business they think they've lost. Which would be... Billions. Billions and billions. Billions. So GM's telling the merger of Italians, because if you remember, Italy's Fiat mm-hmm. merged with Chrysler after the... The bailouts. Yeah, yeah. the bailouts and everything, right? They said under leadership of Marchioni, it was built on corruption. So the problem is that they had, so they're trying to allege there's a conspiracy in there to weaken GM and force it and, and force the merger. Pretty crazy. That is insane. How they wouldn't do this if they didn't have some kind of trail, some kind of proof, some kind of indication that the this funny, was happening. The interesting thing is that Fiat comes out and their statement on it was. Not that they didn't make any of these payments to UAW. It was that the lawsuit's groundless, implying that any bribe paying would have only been the case of a few bad apples. Oh! <laughs> so they're not denying. Which is a really, like, as this article on Road News says, it's a really awkward defense. Yeah, they're not denying that it took place. Because federal prosecutors are already, that's, uh, that Fiat Chrysler is a huge part of the UAW sure. investigation yeah. that's going mm-hmm. on right now. Because basically they kept union officials fat, dumb, and happy. And three of the company's officials at FCA have already pled guilty to various charges. Wow. So Fiat's basically saying, oh, it's just a few guys. They just did it. It wasn't us trying to do it as a company. Yeah, essentially they said, yeah, we bribed people, but it wasn't all of us. It was just some of us that bribed people. Yeah, but the idea is they say that whether they extract billions of dollars in compensation, which is what they're asking for, is that whether this is just calculated to punish Fiat and destabilize the recovery of Fiat and Chrysler. So many conspiracies. Right, Fiat's trying to here. merge right now with Peugeot. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Why? What? Who would own it? Would would they just take in? They would uh, just merge into one company. Just... So it's not a buyout; it's a, a joint merger. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that would make an interesting uh, film, a, a movie. Now, I would like to know. Look, first of all, let me ask you this, but Jeff. Do you back. believe that that took place? Oh. Do you believe that this happened? So this, it goes back further. So this is the interesting part. Their lawsuit goes farther beyond just like meals, trips, gifts to UAW officials to get better labor costs, right? That's the first argument, right? The second one is GM's arguing that the sin goes back to 2009 when the, on how the Italian company managed to win, in exact quotes, managed to win the support of the U.S. government in obtaining operational control for no cash over an iconic U.S. auto company. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. That's the argument. Yeah. Is that what did Marciani do to garner control over Chrysler with no cash outlay? Which, a staple of Americana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's that's where it begins. And they're trying to blame it all on Marcioni, which is a really hard one to do now because he's, he's, he's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no argument there. And I, the idea is they're trying to diminish his value and- Oh, yeah, his estate, uh, lawyers have a fight on their hands. So I'll be telling sure. you this right now. We will be talking about this a lot. <laughs> yes, it's over not the going next away. 12 to years. 24 <laughs> months, years, days. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, because uh, I absolutely believe all of this happened. Yeah, and then you can throw the other part of this in is that 
literally within a month of resecuring a labor deal with the UAW, GM's basically coming out and airing all of the UAW's dirty laundry again. Here's so this, let's add, here's that. Let's add this onto this whole thing. Did you hear what he did then with that person? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, it's, it's like an old uh, hair salon scene right now. It's just uh, gossip and telling yeah, everyone's seems, uh, dirty stories. It seems dangerous on everybody's parts. <laughs> Like, Nobody's a, innocent here. We call these Pyrrhic victories. <laughs> this is where we burn the whole city down to uh, win our wars. <laughs> it's start over from one blade of grass. It's like the end do. of Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert. That was a spoiler alert. But, but, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that one's gotten out there in the world. And I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones, as we've talked about many times. But I'm a fan of how that ended. <laughs> See, you hated the whole show, but you loved the ending. That's how I would have done it. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> take Fire! It take it all down. <laughs> all right, we'll come back on the other side. We'll finish up with the final half hour of Utah Carson's. Got to tell you about this dog in Florida. You will never believe it. Here on The Zone. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense, right here on The Zone Sports Network. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, big fans of uh, animals uh, is Subaru and Mark Miller Subaru and myself, we Jeff. Had a, we had an addition for one of our newest animals in our commercials last week in Florida. I didn't see this. No, yeah, it's the audition for it. He drove a he, he did it in his, his owner's house. Oh, but. I thought you said audition. <laughs> no. You meant audition. audition. Uh, yeah, an audition. auditioning for a role driving one of our cars. <laughs> so it actually wasn't a, a, a Subaru. But uh, this uh, uh, Black St. Lab, St. Lab, Black Labrador in Port St. Lucie uh, <laughs> caused a bit of a ruckus in a uh, St. Lucie cul-de-sac. His owner turned the car on, then ran back inside to get something, leaving the dog alone in the car. Somehow, Max, this black lab, knocked the car into reverse. <laughs> the car moved out of the driveway, ran over a mailbox or two, and then continued to just do circles. reverse circles in, a cul-de-sac. in the cul-de-sac. Just over it for an hour an hour. Amazing. I am I am so impressed that this dog didn't run over more than a couple mailboxes. Right. And it just went in this concentric consecutive circle for an hour until the police and there's hilarious video of most of this online. I have not found video of them Actually resolving the situation. Car. But they figured out that it was one of those older models that has the actual keypad underneath the door handle, and if they were able to punch in the keys they could then unlock, it would unlock the door, they'd open the door, the car would stop and turn off. Uh, and so this cop had to run along. What they should have done is they should have hired Elon Musk to throw a rock through the window. <laughs> that wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> the, sh- the window wouldn't have uh, shattered, Jeff. It would have stayed intact because it's not a, a Tesla. But uh, the cop had to run along as this car went in a circle and punch in the, the code to stop the car, open the door, stop the car. And the dog, as I mentioned, Max, got out and by all reports was just just fine. Was happy and in good spirits, wagging its tail, looking very proud of himself that he was able to uh, have done this. Now, the question is begged. How did he get it into gear? Right. Right? Cause, like, I mean, you can't just go had, into reverse. The car had been broken, so something's wrong with the car. Has to be. Yeah. Right. If there wasn't, there is Although now. it's an older car, so as long, if it was before that was a requirement. 
It's like an old Mercury, Maybe it's a, it's a Mercury Sable. It's got to be 20 years old. Did, was Could that have been a manual? No, I don't no, think it could have w- been. It wouldn't go. I'm thinking maybe they they put it in neutral, thinking but, they had put it in park, and then it came rolled down the driveway. But, but then how did it get it, it into reverse? It, yeah, it had to be in reverse. So it had to be an automatic, and it had to be. He's lucky that it didn't push it into drive. Yo, if he went to drive, it would have gone through his house. Actually, that may have been safer because it would have stopped Maybe quicker. Would have stopped, and then it would have only damaged this this idiot up. owner's house. But. Just grateful no one got hurt. The dog's fine. The neighborhood's fine. No people were harmed, but it's a hilarious video. And this dog couldn't have been more proud of himself that he got As this done. he should be. 855-340s. How many animals are you up to now? Three? You have three animals at your house? There's two. Two? Yeah. Two dogs? Yeah, two dogs. I thought you had a cat. Got a tarantula. You have a tarantula? I don't have a tarantula. My son has a tarantula. Who said yes to that? His mother. <laughs> What does uh, one feed a tarantula? Crickets. Oh, I hate crickets. I hate them. Crickets. They are creepy, creepy ant creatures. Uh, is it? Do you, does it? Do you let it crawl on your arm and no, hold you it? Don't and, ever let it out? Oh, so it's poisonous tarantula. I, you just look at it and feed it crickets. Like that's. It's not really. Some much people let their tarantula crawl up their yeah. arms We're, and that, on their faces. That tarantula and... is not allowed out of its cage. <laughs> not, in, not in my house. <laughs> Uh, it's out of its cage right now, I guarantee it. They they play with it while you're not home, and then they, Dad's here, put it away, no. put it back. No. 855-340-ZONE. Let's go out to Dave on the line. Thanks for calling in, Dave. How's it going? Good. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Good. I have a question for you. Shoot. I got a 2017 Chevy. What kind? It's a three. 3,500 HD, single cab. Okay. It's got 110,000 miles on it. Wow. Dropping me in limp mode all the time. In what mode? In what? Limp mode. I can't go over 50. It says engine power is reduced. That's all it says. Limp mode. Took it to a dealership, not the one I bought it from, because the one I bought it from ends up selling lemons, but... Went to a different dealership and they told me it's the fuel injection pump, uh, pressure control relay, and something else about three grand. What would be causing this engine reduce? Because I can only go about a mile and it drops me in. And if I turn it off, I'll, you know, it'll reset. But I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to look for. Okay. Um, I, there is there are cert, uh, several formats uh, or forums I mean on, on a quick Google search of people explaining how to fix this they, they all seem to be quite simple and easy fixes which makes me wonder if this is actually your problem so I don't want to recommend this to you but I would recommend you know checking these out and seeing if this matches your problem before you go and uh, get a new transmission or anything like that. I mean, it's simple stuff. You know, how to uh, a certain series of key turns with the car in a certain gear. It's certain things like that. But I'm not recommending you do these things. I'm just saying there's oh, no, no, options yeah. online for you to go look at and see if that would fix yeah, it. Yeah, I just want to kind of know where to look because I mean, yeah. every time it comes up engine power reduce, I get that traction control squiggly line in vehicle. I mean, it could be anywhere so from, just, I mean, there's some pretty good lists on this. I mean, you can get anywhere from engine boost control failure, faulty engine sensors, faulty engine components, wiring issues, issue with the transmission, 
brake system. I mean, all those things can push that car into limp mode. Okay. So, I mean, it's that's where, I mean, it, to, but you have 100 tasks and say you could go to it under warranty, but you're going to be way out, of, yeah. way out of warranty. Do you have, a, is this a Duramax? Yeah. Are you running Duramax? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Okay. All right. Yes, that, sir, it is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely, it's not real common, but there is enough out there that a, a, a good Chevy mechanic would know probably how to fix it pretty easy for you. I don't know what the cost would be, though. But uh, have you okay. had it into a Chevy-specific? Yeah, I've taken it into a specific Chevy dealership. And uh, their mechanics, when we told me fuel injection pump and uh, a couple sensors, about three grand will do it. Yeah, but I, mean, I was they just would... wondering if there's something else I can look for. So no, I would try. I would trust I that guy. I just want to make sure it's the right thing. Yeah, yeah they would, would know more than us on I that. I would trust yeah. that on those guys. Those guys are usually pretty good, and they see that stuff a lot. It's unfortunate that that's the, but that's probably yeah. what it is. And they're going to see that a lot too. It's not like it's something they see every once in a while and they're guessing. That's generally something they see a lot. No, I appreciate it, guys. Out of everyone, you guys basically shoot it straight, and that's why I wanted to call and get another option all right yep. thanks good Dave. luck with that let us know call back and let us know how it goes yeah for sure hopefully it gets fixed uh limp, that's scary i've never heard it called limp mode before yeah but uh, the idea is it just brings it down in power so you can't hurt you, it. so you basically so you can't hurt it more right it's basically telling you basically it's telling you there's a big problem with the car mm-hmm. bring it in get it fixed powers it down yeah to a lower level but that's it can be scary when you're running down the freeway or whatever and it suddenly goes into mm-hmm what he called limp mode so 855-340-ZONE if you want to get in on the uh, movie pass drawings 855-340-ZONE uh you uh you heard about this guy we talked about it on the show in cleveland who over the summer was trapped in his car in his garage for over 14 hours it was sweltering heat uh it's amazing he didn't pass away his neighbor just happened to wonder where is old i don't know fred or whatever pete i think his name's pete i haven't seen pete in a in a while i'm gonna go see what's going on okay found him in the garage and he was locked in his car uh not on car was not on the electric system that locked the doors had had failed and he could not figure out how to get the the doors open he couldn't get out of the car could not get out of the car they had to come smash it open, if I'm not not mistaken. He didn't have a way to break the window. You try kicking it out or something? He said he tried, but he's old. He's older. How old are He's an older gentleman. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> he's an older gentleman, so he couldn't. Uh, doesn't have the flexibility of you know uh, a younger person. You I'm not could, sure I could have. Do you break a window out with your foot? Uh, I think I'd have to be pretty desperate, and with the right angle. It depends on the vehicle. Some vehicles. You you don't have enough room to rear back and kick a window out. That's why you you should always have a window uh, pick in your glove box, a little puncher thing. Uh, but so the, they saved him. But it turns out there was an emergency hatch down underneath the seat uh, that if he for this vehicle if he had pulled it the doors would have opened. Really? So he sat in there really for no reason. Because well, that's the contention is the dealership that sold him the car. He says is responsible for informing him of that. They say the manual is responsible for informing him of that. It's not in the manual. So who is responsible for informing? I've never heard of that. So now the NHTSA has launched this big investigation, and it turns out there's hundreds of these uh, uh, occurrences, people getting locked in their cars. And not being able to get out. 
even though there are ways to get out. But also the NHTSA is finding that there are some vehicles that don't have an emergency There's release. no way to get somebody out. Right. Interesting. So, and you know what they said? We will continue to monitor the issue. What does that do, anybody? <laughs> if, if you know this is happening, I want a list of the cars. I want the make, the model, the year, the serial, the VINs. I want these things off the road. If you know what cars are not providing safety hatches, get them out. <laughs> Burn them in a pile somewhere. I don't care what you do with them. I've never even heard of a safety hatch on a car. But that can you imagine how scary that would be? Oh, that's really scary. And then it's just a matter. And, and in fact, I was wrong. They didn't smash it. They found the, the found out about the hatch. They pulled the hatch. He came out. It was just fine. So he essentially spent fourteen hours in a Schwitz for no reason. Just thankful he didn't have any long-term damage or anything done. Yeah, totally. Eight five five three four zero zone. Let's get out to Dennis on the line. Hi, Dennis. Hi. How are you? We're fine. Thanks for calling in. I have some questions about a Subaru Crosstrek. You've called the right place, Jeff. Oh, well, I hope so. <laughs> I own a Crosstrek. I lease a Crosstrek. Jeff uh, drives a Crosstrek hybrid. What What are your What's questions? questions? My My question is. Uh, how much stress would there be on the frame and on the transmission if I tow 1,500 pounds? Uh, it, it, you'd have to have a have a towing package. Yeah, I mean, I, on there, which is which is an option. You can do that. What are you trying to tow, Dennis? You there, Dennis? Dennis? So it's rated for fifteen hundred pounds. The the capacity mm-hmm. it's right at fifteen hundred. Yeah. So the it's, machine is built to handle yeah, that it's weight. Built to, it's built to handle that. And they're generally nothing above that. And they're generally conservative on that number. Oh, you think so? Yeah, they're all the. So all you the probably push it a bit. Yeah, you probably push it a little bit, but I don't think it's not as big issue. It's not, you're you're not going to be flying up hills at right. ninety five miles an hour, but it'll it'll handle it. Well, I yeah. It's not like you're going to – it's built to do that. It's built to handle that. Make sure you've got the – Yeah, small trailer. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not handled, built to pull a boat up a hill or anything like that. But I would make sure you stay – thing, yeah. I would recommend staying close to that 1,500. I got Dennis back. Dennis, yep. you back with us? I'm here. I can barely hear you. Yeah, what are you trying to tow, Dennis? Pardon me? What are you trying to tow? I, I can hardly hear you. Maybe I should call back another day. That's okay. That's what, okay. What, what it's is, something 1,500 what, yeah, pounds. Yeah, 1,500 so. pounds. So if you want to just listen to your radio, we'll, we'll try and we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we'll get you on the radio. To, uh, hang up with hang up with Dennis there, Eric, so, so he has a chance to I mean, like we said, it's, it's tune a, in. Towing on that car, it's a 1,500-pound uh, limit, so you should be fine towing anything that's 1,500 pounds. I mean, really, you shouldn't have any trouble at all. It, it, they're designed to do that. So I wouldn't, shouldn't do, put any added stress more than driving the car a little harder. There are other factors like what kind of road are you driving yeah. this up? What kind of area are you going into? If you're going uh, up uh, a Nepalese mountain, perhaps this is not going yeah, to work. But but yeah, but they're built, to, they're built to tow stuff. Absolutely. Uh, now, I don't have a towing package on my no, cross track. you can buy a factory lift. You have to put it on Yeah, you there. can buy a factory one from Subaru or you can put an aftermarket like U-Haul hitch. So that's the idea. It's to, it's to do a small U-Haul. Like a small U-Haul is fifteen hundred pounds, and God, I didn't realize it had that kind of versatility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a towing package on my hybrid. 
It's got a jack on it. I don't use it for towing. I put a bike rack on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, and that, yeah. that that makes sense because Subaru yeah. is known for getting out into the outdoors and doing some adventures. 855-340-ZONE. This uh, r- r- uh, community in Tempe, Arizona, Jeff, says they've found the wave of the future in the coming, quote, post-car era, close quote. So they see a future where nobody owns a car. Cars are, are obsolete. They're not needed. Nobody has anywhere to park them store them, drive them, so no cars. So they are building a community in Tempe called Cul-de-Sac. Okay. All one word, not the French hyphenated version. Cul-de-Sac Tempe, where you've got where you work, your grocery shopping, your parks, your schools, everything kind of enclosed in this one area. You don't ever have to leave that area. It's essentially a military base without vehicles on it, is what it is. You don't ever have to leave the base you're just always here. Everything you could ever possibly want or need is right here inside the community. Do people want that? I don't. <laughs> Do people not want to go see the world? I don't. So it's just isolationism is its best? It's what it is, yeah. It's, it's essentially... now it they. Like, it sounds like a cult. They, it does sound like a cult. Are they now, only allowing one race in this thing, too, while we're at it? No, they're not doing that. There will be public transit coming and going from the place if you wanted to get out, but you can't own a car. You can't park. There's nowhere to park it. There's nowhere to drive it. They uh, they say they're taking the inspiration from places like, uh, is it Oslo? Yeah, Oslo, who banned cars on street some streets and replaced all of its on-street parking with bike lanes and public spaces, effectively ridding the city of cars. So they didn't ban cars altogether. They just took away the place for you to park or drive your car. So now you can have a car. Don't know what you're going to do with it. There's nowhere for it to drive or park anymore. Nice. Dennis is looking to buy a boat. Oh, tow yeah, a boat. That's a small. That's a small. That's more boat. of a like a boat with it's a more trailer. of a rowboat. I don't know. Yeah, like a little small like fishing boat, like maybe an paddles? aluminum fan like boat, an aluminum boat, maybe. Yeah. Good. I would, Dennis, if you're still listening, I would really check the weight on the boat. Before uh, assuming that it's fifteen hundred or less, but yeah, this uh, this idea of banning cars uh, and you cannot have a car in the neighborhood. I don't know. I'm all about improving the environment, cutting down on carbon footprint, watching how far and often you drive. I don't know that it's necessary to uh, spit upon technolo- technological advancements, the automobile, and say pasha. The, the devil invented this. We don't need that in our lives anymore, like they're doing in cul-de-sac Tempe. They also bring up a story uh, about San Francisco, who last month approved a $604 million project to ban private vehicles on Market Street and renovate the space for public transit and pedestrians. In downtown Detroit, what was formerly a street open to traffic is now a public space completely closed to cars. Now, and New York City is uh, is doing similar things as well. But Tempe, Arizona, Jeff, yeah, that's... is not Market Street, San Francisco, is not Fifth Avenue, New York, is not I bet they fill it. Eight Mile, Detroit. It's one of those things. I bet they fill it, though. Fill it. With people? I bet, it, I bet they sell a 1,000 people on that idea. Yeah. Uh, you can't buy anything, though. You have to rent only. That's oh, only renting. Yeah. Mm. So not only are you not allowed to own or drive a vehicle, you're now not owning the property you live in. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I just looked up a fishing boat just for okay. Dennis. All right. So a small little 14-foot fishing boat, aluminum thing. You can get one of those for 900 pounds with the trailer. Okay. So you could tow that. What if you add a uh, Johnson double-wide motor on there? That includes the motor. Okay. So boat, motor, trailer, towing weight, 850 pounds. Okay. So you could tow that. Great. For sure. But your Mastercraft. You're not getting a Mastercraft no, on you're that. No, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, but like a small little aluminum fishing boat, yeah, shouldn't be a problem. I'm interested to have him call back and tell us how it went. 855-340-ZONE. Jeff, we got a few minutes left. Uh, our first hour listeners heard about this, but our second hour listeners didn't. And we'll talk about it every week, but it's really cool. It's the Share the Love event going on uh, from a week and a half ago through January, uh, you said the 2nd? Yep, January 2nd. So you can't, as we've talked about with month-end closes, you cannot close a month-end on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. That's the rules? With most brands. Yeah. So the, for those of you who don't know, New Year's Eve this year is on a Tuesday. That's unfortunate. So New Year's Day is Wednesday the 1st. You can't close on a holiday, so you can't close on the 1st. So we close on Thursday the 2nd. They consider New Year's Eve and New Year's Day a holiday in the car business. Do so they? You can't close on those days. So if you buy a, a car from Mark Miller Subaru between then and then. Yep. So you have until Thursday, January 2nd. You buy a car from us. Part of Share the Love event, we will donate $300 one of six nonprofits. So two of our two local ones that we're trying to get people to push to are the Malamaw Foundation and the Sharing Place, which the Malamaw Foundation, they provide service animals for veterans. I remember the one last year mm-hmm. uh, talked about how it saved their life. It does. It absolutely saves their lives. They're, these are people that are dealing with major issues, PTSD, other stuff like that, that, yeah. that they're I mean, the person I think we dealt with last year was locked in their home, basically. That's what would they not, said, yeah. She would not leave her home mm-hmm. because of what she was dealing with, and this animal's literally given her a life again. And that's what we're trying, trying to do. That, and then the other one's a sharing place. What the sharing place is is they provide therapy and support for our children who have lost a family member or a parent. So one crazy stat out there in the world is one in 16. One in 16 children under the age of 18 will lose a, a parent. Wow. While they're a child. And that, that kind of thing can uh, throw you off for the rest for of your, your life. life. And yeah. So the idea is get them in a place where they're okay. And they know that they're not alone and they know that they have support and they're going to get through it. It's great. So uh, take part in the Share the Love event. And uh, there's more uh, information yeah, and go details. Go to com. Big banner right on our front page. Click on it. You can get all the information of everything we're doing. But we're going to raise a lot of money. Over $120,000 is what we're hoping for. And it's going to be pretty awesome. 855-340-ZONE. Got just a couple minutes left. Alan has called into the show. Hi, Alan. Alan, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Thank you. What's going I'm on? I'm on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some uh, recall information. Okay. For the Subaru Crosstrek uh, 2018-2019 models, uh, I took mine in and had it checked. Um Subaru models of Crosstrek Sport Utility Vehicles. Subaru said engine computers in the models can continue to power the ignition coil after the motors are shut off. This can cause a short circuit and a blown fuse. The second recall, 205,000 vehicles, 2017 to 2019 models of Imprezas, as well as the 2018 Crosstrek is what's... um, what's, uh, is what I have. Yep. And the automaker said the aluminum positive crankcase ventilation valves can fall apart. 
potentially causing debris to fall into the engine and cause a power loss. So I took my car into the Subaru dealer and they uh, fixed the uh, found no CEL or roughness count. So you got the so you did the inspection and visually out, inspected the ignition coil packs. Okay. Yeah, and performed ECM logic for ignition coil performance road tested vehicle. So Good. beware, there could be in this just. It's going to be December 13th, yeah, so according those, to this yeah, information those, I yeah, have. Those letters will start going out pretty soon. So the, the important thing, just like every other uh, just like every other recall out there, call call us. Call the retailer if you have any recaller first and make sure we have parts yeah. and availability on it. But those two, those two recalls specifically, just call for an inspection. And then we inspect. If we find issues, then we move to the next level on it. But yeah. vast, vast majority. I think that's what, the, 90, that's what they did on mine. Yeah, 90 95% are going to be inspection only. Yeah, you, that's Alan. what he did on mine. He inspected it, and they, and then on the. Thank you, Alan. We're uh, we're up against it. We appreciate the information. Uh, we do uh, like to get those uh, recalls out to people's attention. And sounds like Jeff, it's it's out there, but it sounds yeah. like it's not same idea too. If, the you're, if you're ever worried about with your car, just go to safercar.gov, put your VIN number in, and it'll tell you anything you have recall wise. We had eight callers this week. I got one through eight on them. Eric, random number one through eight. Uh, let's go four. Four. You got Dave. So Dave was our uh, Duramax guy with the uh, Chevy. Okay, truck, cool. Hundred and ten thousand mile. Went into limp mode. Went into limp mode. So he can slowly drive himself to the movie theater. <laughs> Give him a week. Sorry, that was too easy. Dave. We're, we're getting it all fixed. We at least get you a movie to deal with the pain of having to get that fixed. Give the Midtown store about a week. They'll have your movie tickets down there uh, yeah, just, after that. Yeah, day. just call in and they'll have them ready for you. All right, uh, Jeff. You have a good week, buddy. Good you to see well. you. Anybody issues? Give me a call. Uh, Jeff M. Mark Miller Subaru. Jeff, Jeff M. at markmiller.com or call either of the Subaru stores. Perfect. For Eric Jensen and Jeff Miller, I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week.